Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I have my thoughts as to how Zach Harrison will be used this year. And the Braves have done something that they have not done since 2017. Is that good or not so much? And last but not least, and for the culture, Todd Bowles let everyone know that it's never too late. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. It is ATL Day Ones, part of the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. Day, but T, when you think about over the weekend, we got a chance to get out to rookie mini camps. Falcons getting the thing started. You know, they're out there practicing. They got no pads on, but they're out there practicing, getting it in. The rookies getting acclimated to the systems and everything that what's going on down there. But I think one of the things that I feel like, you know, when we got a chance to talk to Zach Harrison, I know you got a chance to talk to him one on one. But my thing with Zach T is the fact that I feel like the Falcons have a plan for him, and I don't think it necessarily involves him being like an integral part of of the rotation or being a starter on this defense. Because when you when you even think about how when Zach was talking about when he first got drafted, the guy one of the guys that reached out to him was Calais Campbell, and when that tells me that. Calais Campbell is going to be a guy to kind of be able to help him bring along, bring him along. And I feel like Zach in year one, he's going to be more so of a, a project slash rotational guy when it comes to this uh, rushing off the edge and being a, a every, a every down player. And I think it depends. I think it depends on what we see out of the likes of Arnold Ebikati. And I mean, you could really look at, I say the entire, the last two classes, right? right because when right. you kind of look at the depth chart, okay, you've got, you know, Arnold WKT, obviously, ahead mm-hmm. of Zach Harrison on the depth chart. But I kind of think there's going to be a little competition, a little bit more competition, if you will. Now, I mm-hmm. agree with you. I think he'll start off as a rotational player. I don't know that I believe he'll end up that way. He is mm-hmm. a little bit of a project, but heck, so are the... <laughs> So are the players, the D-line, and really the almost the whole front seven from the last two years, all the players who were yeah, drafted indeed. to be in yes. that space, right? right so right. that's why I'm not quite sure what's going to happen because you and I had high hopes, and that's that doesn't mean AK won't come through this year, just as an example, right? And we liked what we saw in Ade. That doesn't mean he won't evolve and take a leap in his third year. But I just am a little bit concerned about like where those guys are going to fall in the general scheme of things. And then, of course, you know, you've got your, um, how do you say, I don't want to say residual, perennial, perennial one-year one deal situations. So I think those things are kind of going to be the factors that dictate how much Zach Robinson gets playing time, how many snaps, and how he's used. But I agree with you as far as he also can go as far as Calais Campbell might take him, no different 
than Grady Jarrett went as far as Ray Lewis was able to take him. So I right. think when you have someone like Calais Campbell, whom you can FaceTime with, like I asked him, you know, which veterans have you spoken with? Have you spoken to Calais? Have you spoken to Grady? And I mean, he just lit up talking about Calais and he said mm -hmm. how they talk all the time. And Calais was an open book saying, hey, man, I've got just a wealth of knowledge. If you want it, you can come get it. And he said, I'm in there just soaking everything up. I can't wait until he gets here. And then I get a whole year with him and I'm going to learn everything from him technique wise, but then I'm going to make it my own. I said, now that right there might be another Grady Jarrett situation in the making. And you, and I think there are two things that kind of stood out to me when, when you talked about it. And I really think they, these are positives um, going forward, like from the whole rotational piece. Um, I, I think that, this defense is going to have to evolve, you know what I mean? Because when you think about Ryan Nielsen, yeah, they say they're going to be multiple and all that stuff, but you don't draft a 6'5", 275-pound guy and say, With hey, uh, play a stand-up. wingspan. <laughs> right, exactly, and, and sit up here and say, yeah, man, go ahead and be a stand-up outside linebacker. No, that's, that's Dean Pease's scheme. I think that, you know, the more that, you know, he gets acclimated to the game, I think I, th I feel like he's going to play himself into, you know, you seeing that, 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 that four-man front, that even front, more so than you seeing the odd-man front. And I, I know the Falcons are going to continue to say they're going to run multiple. They're saying that because – you know, you have to say that type of stuff because, you know, well known, you know, Arthur Smith is real big on not talking about schemes. So I think that, you know, that's that's a that's a, a, a pathway that I see, you know, um, Zach playing his way into that rotation more so mm -hmm. than just being a project. And and also when you when you think about Calais Campbell, you know, coming into the fray, uh, there is look at those guys. Now, now, Calais Campbell is a little different now. He's six, yeah. eight. 300 pounds, that's a little different. But when you're talking about length, height, size, weight, you know, fit for certain schemes, like Zach Harrison kind of fits that mold. So when, when, when you have that, that type of guy that you can lean on, I really feel wholeheartedly that, you know, um, Zach is going to be in a good space uh, regardless of what, how, much, how many snaps he's getting in, his, in year one. Now, T, speaking of, you know, uh, year one uh, impact, how about this? Outside of B. John Robinson, we already set the expectation on this show. I said it on a Sports Extra last night. 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. That's where I'm at with B. John right now. But outside of B. John, who do you think will have the biggest impact in year one? Well, my guy was still Zach Harrison. He's the guy I chose on Sports Extra last night. But since we've already talked about Zach, I'll give you mm. my next guy okay. who I think will need to have the biggest impact. And, and let me tell you why I ended up like kind of switching it out because initially my thought was Clark Phillips, the third, because I thought he might be sneaky good. Like he might be the steal of the draft. Right. But in all honesty, it's gotta be Matthew Bergeron. It Absolutely. has to be Matthew Bergeron because that left, that left side has been operating like left shark probably since the Super Bowl when we saw Left Shark with Katy Perry performing. But anywho, <laughs> it's really been shaky and yeah. it's been in, out, back and forth, just plug and play, you know. And, and even with the solid performance that you got from Elijah Wilkinson last year, he's gone. So, yeah. and and we know when you start trying to plug and play the likes of uh, Jalen Mayfield, uh, that just doesn't work. Well, you got a guy, <clears throat> Matthew Bergeron, you got mm. a guy. And you got a guy that, looks the part when you talk to other old linemen who feel like is he the guy because of course mike johnson old lineman with alabama and with the falcons who can take a look at and see things we don't see 
he's got some possibility to move over a tackle at some point, but can be very, very uh, pro- productive at guard. The reason I mentioned that Jarvis is because mm-hmm. if we want to see Bajan Robinson get 1200 yards, and we want to see him get eight touchdowns, and we want to see Tyler Algier complement that. If we want to see, you know, them get to the second level, if we want to see the pass protection that Desmond Ritter needs so that he can get to his weapons, you're going to need that O-line to be even better than they were last year. So that, to me, kind of starts and stops with Matthew. Yeah, I talked about coming into the draft that I wanted I wanted them to draft somebody in the first round when yeah, it comes to, okay. to putting that left guard spot because, I, like I said, I got tired of the – the uh, spin the wheel on some sorry left guard. Like, I, I hate to put it like that, but that's what it was. Because um, and, and, of course, Elijah Wilkinson came in and gave you something, but he couldn't stay healthy. So, yeah. you know, you that's just as bad in my book. You know what I yeah. mean? You can't make the club in the tub. Yeah. You know, the most, the best abilities, availability. Is your availability, all, which you all, didn't yeah. really have. <laughs> which you, then you have. So all those, all those things kind of, kind of fit where I was when it come, coming into the draft. So I think Bergeron, uh, I agree wholeheartedly that he is a guy that is going. He got a little pressure on him coming into this thing because he's he's going to be. He was basically drafted to be the missing piece to solidify what they have up front. Now, here's a little news to you. How about this? You know, um, Matt Ryan going to be talking a little ball next year, but not in the huddle. He's actually going to be talking on CBS Sports. T say he might be doing a couple of games. Doing some studio work. How about that? Matt Ryan got a nice little another little gig going on for himself. Oh, I really, really like this for him. And I like this for us, too, as far as the viewer, because Matt Ryan is a cerebral guy. He was one whom we covered for several years and was one of the delights, whether it was Mm -hmm. a winning game or losing game. Matt Ryan was going to tell you the truth. He was going to tell you if it was his fault. He was going to give you the analysis that you needed to see why he may have made the decisions he made or didn't make. Same thing at practice really, really gave you a lot of insight into kind of the mind of a quarterback and my first thought was as much as people don't like Tony Romo's approach he does maybe give you a lot of information however I feel like Matt Ryan is going to give it to you in a way that you can appreciate meaning he's succinct he's not going to go on and on he's not going to cut off his other person he's not going to get overly excited or he's not going to tell you seven plays at one time when only one play is going on on the field so, yeah, I like this for Matt Ryan, and I like that he was like, oh, and another thing, I didn't say retirement. <laughs> so I yeah, said Matt that Ryan was, that was like, interesting. If, if we eight, nine, or ten, a QB1 goes down, and yeah. they need a QB1 somewhere, anywhere, I'm still available. Yeah, I, I think it's good for him. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how far he's willing to go with being honest. You know what I mean? Because that's a lot of times guys who leave the game and immediately go into the booth or go into the studio and start doing uh doing this type of work. A lot of times those guys don't want to kill, quote unquote, kill their guys or the guys that they play with, guys they have relationships with. So I'm I'm be interested to see how he told that line and knowing Matt and covering him for pretty much most of his career when he was down here in Atlanta. Uh, he's going to tell that line really well. <laughs> All right, T, before we get out of here, before we move on to the, to the next segment, because, you know, coming up in a couple of minutes, guys, we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Braves. I'm concerned, um, and you should be too. Um, but the first, how about this? The, Lake, the Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, T, the finals are set. What are your thoughts, and who do you think is going to be in the finals? And then ultimately, who's going to take it all? Exactly. I'm going to so, step yeah, further. I, I, still, I think these are both seven-game series, by the way. Yeah, okay. And right. I wouldn't be shocked 
of any scenario. But I do think the one that's most probable is the Celtics on the Eastern Conference side because, granted, it was a seven-game series last year at Old for one Jimmy Butler bucket that didn't go down, right? But, yeah, I definitely still think there's something different about Jason Tatum. And we talked about the fact that Jalen Brown has been the most consistent player throughout these playoffs. He has never wavered for the Celtics. And finally, oh, how we miss Al Horford in Atlanta because that dude just shows up whenever <laughs> he He did just enough to give Joel Embiid fits when he was playing defense on him so that he wore Joel Embiid out when Joel Embiid was trying to play defense on Jason Tatum. Whatever. So then you go over to the other and, and of course, that, that was the split of the series Celtics heat during the regular season. Same thing with the Nuggets and Lakers, except theirs was weird because when the Nuggets went, won, they blew them out. When the Lakers won, they blew them out. I think, Jarvis, you've got Jamal Murray, you've got Michael Porter Jr., but you also have Lonnie Walker and you have Austin Reeves, you know, these X factors, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. X factors. Mm-hmm. But I think it's down to Nikola Jokic, if he's able to impose his will. And Anthony Davis is not able to defend because, like you said, the best availability, the best ability is availability. Then mm-hmm. I think it's Nuggets in seven. Wow. Um, I actually like I like the Lakers in that series because I just really feel like there's some some magic of Bruin when it comes to LeBron. He, he's not going to be able to do it every game. I think he's going to be able to do it. And I think if Anthony Davis can just do it when LeBron isn't able to do it. I think they'll be able I think they'll be able to pull it off. And I, and I actually like Lonnie Walker coming coming along and Austin Reeves. He's been been a solid guy throughout this entire playoff so yeah so i I think those guys are are onto something so yeah i think and i i'm just gonna say celtics like there's no reason for me to even break it down like celtics gonna win that series so i like lakers Celtics in the nba finals um now t like you talked about mentioning as far as the atlanta braves i'm concerned i'm trying to figure this bad boy out we'll talk about it I'll lay on the couch next when we talk about the Braves and see what's going on, see if we can figure this thing out. But first, this episode is brought to you by a fan do sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. And guess what? The NBA play, uh, playoffs are going on right now. We just start talking talk, start talking about it. So guess what? If you're trying to win some money, you're trying to get get your little money back that you that you lost because you was betting on the Hawks to go to the NBA finals. Yeah, we got yeah, yeah. I hope nobody didn't do that. Y'all didn't do that. I, no way y'all didn't do it. Anyway, but, but yeah, go to fandusportsbook.com. They have everything right there for you from the money lines, the over-unders, all of those things right there, the three-points drain. You can do all of that right there at FanDuel. And guess what? If you are a new customer, they have the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So guess what? So if you lose your money, they got you covered. So why not go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today? Because one, it is the number one sports book. I know you heard, I know that familiar to you. Number one sports book, and they got the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars if your first bet doesn't win. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on because it is the official sports book betting partner of the NBA. Well, I bet that you didn't think that the Braves were going to lose four games in a row, something they haven't done since 2017. Bet you didn't think that they were going to go two for 22 with runners in scoring position, which means the other thing that you probably didn't bet on was the fact that they would actually get swept for the first time this season. And also that means this first series loss this season. Of course, the Braves wrapped up a weekend series in Toronto with a six five walk-off win by Toronto, Danny Jansen, Gave it to Russell Iglesias, paid the price, and here we are. 
it would be different, Jarvis, if we were just talking about this as an outlier with one game, right? Or it would be different if we saw, oh, here's a challenge. Oh, there's a challenge. But the honesty of it is this. We saw multiple challenges. We saw defensive plays that were uncharacteristic miscues. We saw a bullpen that did their job. And then the closer that everyone waited to come back, just not the answer. And then, like I said, we saw the bats go quiet yet again at the plate. So with all of that said, especially with them heading into Arlington to play a good Rangers team, should we be concerned? Yes, absolutely. Because here's the thing, Max Freed and Kyle Wright are no longer here. They're not going to be here until after the All-Star break, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and, and and when you think about how this team is currently constructed, it's turned, this team is constructed to score runs. Like you mentioned last night on Sports Extra, you talked about how, hey, they were averaging five runs coming into this game, coming into this series. So, hey, you expect them to, to, to do that and have that run support and give that run support that they need, especially when you're talking about running – two bullpen games out of that in four games. So all of those factors come into play when when you, you're, you're going to what you need and what you need is to actually produce. And those guys just weren't doing that. And and the thing that they, they were the, the, that was the Braves calling card, excuse me, is the fact that they used to score early and they score early and often. Well, they were scoring early, but when once it got late in the games, they would just disappear and it just wasn't there for them because you have guys like a Ronald Acuna and 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 guys like Ozzy Albies in certain spots they were doing their thing, but it just didn't seem like everybody else was coming along with them in those particular spots. So yeah, I'm concerned right now because the way this team is built, they aren't doing it. And because they hate, they had the deep, the deep rotation, right? They had a number of guys and they lost those guys. So another sector of this team needs to step it up, and they just didn't do that. Yeah, I, I would agree. The besties did quite fine, Ronald Denazi, but the rest of the team literally left us shaking our heads and scratching, you know, scratching our heads and saying, what the heck happened? But I agree with you as far as that rotation is concerned, slowly but surely, it's going to be a challenge because you really kind of don't know. You hope that Jer Jared Schuster and Dylan Dye give you something. It can be something yeah. as small as you know, five innings. Like, can you just give five quality innings? And then we start to go into the bullpen or best case scenario, even six innings of quality ball. Don't give up too many runs because you know what happens. Like you said, mm. late in these games as of late. So you got to get something out of those guys, hopefully, because you want to stave off a Mike Soroka return for as long as you can. I mean, it has been almost yeah. three years since we've seen him. The Braves have been extremely patient during that time frame, so there's no need to rush him. I believe his last outing in Gwinnett was four innings. So you really want to see if you can kind of get him to five innings and for them to be five quality innings. But, yeah, the question becomes, do you have enough in, in the tank, meaning the pitching staff overall, to be able to hold you down until maybe Soroka can come back and give you something? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be, right? Because I don't, regardless of what situation they're in, because here's the thing. If you are in a situation where you don't want to use the young guns, and Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd, Dylan Dodd just recently struggled as well and down in AAA, so that, that situation isn't looking good. But if you're in a situation where you, aren't, you don't want to use those guys and you want to break in case of emergency with Mike Soroka, you need to start picking up the phone, Alex. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way that I'm going to 
push or rush Mike Sor- Mike Soroka back out there. That just I just don't think that makes that doesn't make sense at this point because, like you said, it's been three years since we've seen him. So, like, you want to uh, lose him for another year or another year and a half or however long because you you just can't rush this process. When they're talking about guys going through that build up process, when you're talking about with starting pitchers. And and you have guys like Max Free who who's no longer throwing right now, and he's going he's going to have to build back up to be able to get ready. How about this? This is we're talking about Max Free who's been pitching this year. Yeah, Mike Soroka hasn't hasn't been in a major league game pitching a major league game in three years. So imagine the type of build up that he needs in order to be ready. So I am not for rushing uh, Mike Soroka back. So it's it's basically like, hey, put the young boys out there, put the young pups out there, and see what they can do because. You can't continue to throw bullpen games, and I think that you can't go to Michael Soroka too early. So they're in a space where, hey, these young guys, they're going to have to pitch right now, and that's what it is. And hopefully Charlie Morton gives them what Uncle Charlie has been giving them for the past few starts. He's been really good, so he's going to go up against the lefty, Cody Bradford. It's his MLB debut, and what I like about that is what I just said. He's a lefty. Ozzy's about to go off. I just feel it. Yes. I feel like Ozzy's about need to do that. it. Come on, Ozzy. Come yeah. on, look His OPS <laughs> is something like 1.72, something crazy when it comes to like over 1,200, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be crazy. good to see him. But going back to what you said about Alex Anthopoulos picking up phones, I believe that's probably going to be the way too, especially as you get closer to maybe the trade deadline and you have a little bit more, you feel like you have a little bit more leverage. I still mm-hmm. think Marcel Ozuna might be your best leverage. That's your guy right there. Like, get him up out of here. Yeah, I'm still like, he, he go. Uh, because him go. But yeah, five home runs in eight games is a really good look. And yes, I know that the Braves still need bats. I get that. And he's been good in that DH role. But the fact that he's gone five with five home runs in eight games might also make him appealing to another team. And if you can package a deal with him to get yourself another quality starter, Alex Anthopoulos has to at least think about that. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Uh, I, I think I think there you're in a situation because if we're having the if we're having the conversation about, hey, what about Michael Soroka? Let's see where he's got going on. Yeah, I'm sure Alex Anthopoulos being the having the foresight that he's had um, to, to to build this team and make the uh, necessary moves when they need to be made. I'm sure he's already thinking about who he can call, who's who's uh, who who need who has a need. You know, I was even seeing some, I came across a story about you know uh, their starting pitcher with the Chicago White Sox. Sure, it don't even matter what his name is. Yeah, like bring him in because that's kind of where I am with this thing because like I don't I don't like seeing the Braves throwing multiple bullpen games within within five days like that just yeah. doesn't work for me and I because I know that they don't believe in doing that um necessarily right. on a consistent basis so yeah I think that Alex Anthopoulos is gonna gonna continue to do what he needs to do and hopefully once that happens the Braves can, can figure while that's while that's happening excuse me they can get these bats going because that's that's where they're gonna live that's where they're gonna continue to, uh, to hold on to this NL East a lead that they have yeah yeah I think if the bats Warm, not warm up. They need to get white hot. And if the defense comes through to be the defensive team that we've all become a, grown accustomed to with the Braves, I think they'll be fine, especially because, like you said, can't count on the bullpen because, I don't know, Bryce Iglesias, hmm, that's questionable. But also, A.J. Mincer's in his own mind, and until he gets out of his own head, that bullpen is not going to be complete if those two key pieces aren't 
operating at a high level. But hey, listen, everydayers, you probably have something to say about that as well. I mean, what do you think about Matt Ryan, the broadcaster, or with all of the things that you've heard coming out of Flowery Branch, what we've shared with you this weekend as well, what do you guys think about who might be the most key player outside of Bajan Robinson for the Falcons to go far this coming season? So don't forget, give us comments in YouTube. If you go and check out the YouTube channel and you check us out, if that's where you like to go, we love it. Make sure you let us know about that and let everybody else know to check us out there as well. But if you prefer to just listen in on ACL Day Ones, make sure that you download that wherever you get your podcast and you see our Twitter handles. You can DM us there as well. And hey, you never know. We might bring you into the show because we can't do it without our everydayers. And we appreciate all those everydayers. From uh, Milan, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, my guy Robert Blackman, all those, all the other guys have been everydayers. They've been checking us out each and every day. So hey, join the party, become a part of the cool kids, part of the cool club. You know, if you out, you was a guy that used to stand on the wall at, at the dance parties. Go ahead and get go ahead and get with the party. Join the party because we we are rocking right here on ATL Day One. We appreciate that from you guys in advance. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down in the show. Today is no different. T, we think about like Mother's Day's gifts. You know, like we talked about those on Friday about, you know, what giving ideas and what, and I was kind of, you know, acting like I was some type of a marriage expert saying, you know, hey man, this is what you need to do, fellas, if y'all struggling out there. Learn your wife. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those old school sayings, like you better learn your, I'm going to learn you something one of these days. But I think that when you, you look at what Todd Bowles did and the gift that he gave to his mother, and of course, she she passed away in two thousand nine. She died with cancer, and he before she passed away, he said that he wanted to. She wanted him to um, continue and get finished up with his degree. Now, Todd Bowles was a guy that played in the NFL for eight years and and went on got his coaching career started at Morehouse in nineteen ninety seven, and and now he's the head coach. You know, at for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was defense coordinator when they won a Super Bowl uh, um, previously as well. So. But I think it says something when a man at the age of 59 will go out and go say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and finish my degree. And that's exactly what he did to you. Yeah, I really like that story. And congratulations to Todd Bowles for obtaining his degree and just having and embracing the concept of it's never too late. It's never too late if you set a goal for yourself. You never know if it's going to come to fruition. So why not give it a shot? And what a great way to honor his mom. Like that is so Mm -hmm. powerful because yeah, we talked about material gifts right on, on Friday and how mothers can be honored, but Whoa, that is amazing. And I, you do hear guys all the time. I think about Jalen Hurts, right. Who Mm -hmm. got his master's degree this past weekend from the university of Oklahoma. And I'm sure his mother is, over the moon about that right so yes. yeah when you can do something that fulfills a dream of your own but also fulfills the dream of your parent or makes them proud it's always a good look yeah and when, when, when you think about it like you don't have to do it right because you know Jalen Hurts is at the peak of his profession yeah. like you know he's in the NFL and just got a super big contract so yeah, I think it speaks to the integrity of these folks right Jalen and, and, and Coach Bowles and to be able to just say, you know what, I want to be, I know that I'm in a good space uh, professionally, 
but I'm going to continue my education or finish up my degree and, and, and for to be able to be an example for other folks. Because Todd talked about how, you know, hey, his his sons, he wanted to be an example for his sons. Because, like, you know, if I can influence them and let them know that, hey, it's never too late. And, hey, you need to be able to go in and finish up everything because I did it. You know, I was able to do it as well. Not saying it from a malicious standpoint, but just from a, Hey, like this is something that you that he said. If you if whenever you stop learning, that's when you become old. So I, and I absolutely love that. So yeah, I, I've because I've come, you know, to, in my, in my life to as I've gotten older, I'm just like you know what, like learning should never stop. It, it shouldn't. It should never stop. And and no matter what profession that you work in, because there's so many things that you can learn in life by continuing your own education, not necessarily having to go back to school, but yeah, you, you can learn yourself some stuff as well. I'm up here talking like I'm 80 years old, but anyway, but yeah, but yeah, it's always a good thing to see those things come to fruition when, when those guys are going out there and doing their thing like that to you. It's, just, it's a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, indeed. Yes. And, and guess what guys, that's it. That's all we have for today. And how about this? You know, we always will appreciate you guys for making sure that you make ATL Day once your first listen of the day. And all for all the people who have come to he- come to us Monday through Friday, those are our everydayers. So we appreciate you even more. So guess what? If you aren't an everydayer, why don't you go ahead and join the crew, join the party, because we're having fun over here Monday through Friday. So make sure you come over and download that episode wherever you download your podcast. And, guys, I do this each and every day. I ask that if you don't do anything else for the rest of your life, yeah, I'm being dramatic, but I'm being real, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.